the problem of all sarcastic introverts. It's like, not sure if being profound or just a troll. So we opened last session with Lovely having a dream about the sleeping city and about her friend Esther Santel, who moved to join Blight territory maybe like four or five years ago when they were both kids. They haven't seen each other in a long time and Lovely misses them. In addition, y'all were trying to figure out what you were going to do about the fact that there was just an attack on the city and you had discussed potentially taking an excursion into Blight territory to figure out what's up. Uh, Fashe relayed some of the things that they remember from the time that they spent in Blight Territory, uh, including this enormous black beetle-like dome somewhere within the borders of Blight Territory. And so with that as as good a landmark as any, y'all are basically heading out in search of this place. How did Lovely end up being there with us? What happened there? I, for- I forgot. <laughs> yes, Legva, Legva told the rest of the Loa that they should bring her along because she's able to dream her way into things and they can use her to find the secrets of the darkness. Yeah. Some asshole made made some stupid play to make us not find out secrets. That is a pretty accurate description of what happened, yes. <laughs> Listen, you gotta earn learning the secret, okay? It's gotta be dramatic moment. Look, it's it's either like a dramatic breaking point or Legba gets stupid and overconfident and makes it really obvious. It's it's going to be one of those two. It's going to be the latter. Yes. I guess we'll find out. Anything could happen today on Girl by Sunlight. All right. Y'all rolled an engagement roll, but I think we're going to take it pretty slow paced because I think going through like the actual motions of exploring and sort of setting up like a journey and whatnot feels like the right vibe for this session. So just to kind of give you all an idea of what's going on here, this is like a tier two mission called like seeking information. Let me pull up the thing. Sorry. What's it called? Let's see. Um, Smooch the robots. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, sorry. The tier two missions, it says right there, Smooch the robots. I knew it. <laughs> Seek answers. Look for clues to the nature of the darkness or its intentions in unexpected places. Yeah, so you are looking for clues as to the nature of the darkness. And so, all of you are preparing uh, to head out on this journey. What does this look like? I mean, you know, you've taken trips uh, away from Renity proper. Like, you've gone to, like, the Scavenger's Village and that kind of stuff. But you're probably going to be gone for multiple nights. This is actually the most traditional D&D hex crawl we've ever done in this game. <laughs> so, yeah, like, what story exactly are you, like, telling your parents? I guess Fashe doesn't have to worry about that. Because I don't have parents. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> oh, so lucky. But what, what about the rest of you? Like, is this like uh, people sneaking out of their house and grabbing their backpack from a hidden, you know, hole in a tree or what? I think Violine just says that she's going to sleep over at a friend and do delivery work during the day, so she'll be gone for a couple days. I think her parents would pretty much accept that. Her brother might not, but her parents, eh. Yeah, totally. They're anime parents. They're negligent by, by default. Yeah, totally. No, I mean, no question. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think 
you've like packed your bag, you're getting stuff on your bicycle, you're about to head out. And then we see Rudy standing out in front of uh, the bunkhouse uh, where your family stays. And he says, um, you're going to come back, right? Yeah, I live here. Just going to go on a long delivery. Some other side of the island that we know that's all safe. Don't worry. Yeah, he, he kind of squints at you and says, um, I, I don't want to have to come find you again. Well, last time you didn't have to, but you still did. I appreciate it, but... You were captured. Yeah, but I, I got myself out. Together with my friends. I know you've got powerful friends or whatever. I, I don't really get it, but what if they're not there to save you? Then I'll still be fine. Just sometimes you've got to trust me. Yeah, he, he kind of looks at you uh, and he says, um, I'll try. Uh, and goes back inside. He, he's kind of hurt by you, by you blowing off his concerns. But yeah, you're able to pedal off. Who's next on uh, Team Teenage Runaway? Aren't all of our characters, like, legally adults in the setting? Sure. I mean, there, there isn't really a legally not adult versus legally adult. Like, it's mostly what do you tell the people who care about you and expect to see you around what you're going to do? It's not like there are police officers who will come at you after you if you leave the house against your parents' permission. Aren't there, though? Aren't there? No, I, I don't think there are. <laughs> Hmm. But they're, I mean, everyone has people that care about them and would worry if they just disappeared all of a sudden. So, yeah, so we got Violine. Uh, let's go with Solange. Actually, you might have an easy situation. I don't know. Well, what's, what's your preparing for this teenage runaway adventure look like? I think it's just like me packing my stuff and like leaving. No, I don't think I even have to leave a note. I just like tell the person who's in charge of like organizing those who who take care of the university and the temple, I just tell them that I'm going to be gone for a few days. Yeah, and, and so they just kind of nod. They're like, all right, we'll see you in a couple days when you get back. Yeah, see you. And uh, I feel like you got to get a chance to have an interaction with Primrose. Maybe that'll happen on your way towards the the territory as you pass the scavenger's village. I think that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. But remind me, we got to do that as we're heading out. Yeah. Next, Teenage Runaway Squad. Fashé, the quintessential Teenage Runaway. Yeah, I sadly don't have family to run away from, but I do have work. And I think we haven't seen pretty much his supervisors or anyone like that, but there's probably... Not the supervisor, but like someone who is coordinating stuff and who is making sure that all the parts of Renity are covered by the janitor union. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's someone who takes care of the managing part, even if they're yeah. not your boss. Yeah, totally. I think I probably just uh, go to her and I just stand there for a while. <laughs> And then say, I'm going to, to be out of the city for a while. And just standing there <laughs> expecting something. I'm imagining a very, like, heavyset woman, big poofy hair that is, like, pulled back into, like, a tight bun kind of thing. And, like, overalls, uh, like, working at a workshop as you're talking to them. Uh, and they're just like, 
sounds good to me. How long are you going to be gone? Yeah, I say, I say probably a week. Anyway, uh, all of my stuff is in the closet. and. All right. Don't get yourself in any trouble. Yeah, I, I'm not going to. Fashe probably wants to say something else like, oh, you need to make, also, you need to make sure that everything is clean around the mural or like, oh, but in that shrine, there needs to be like a specific way of doing this specific task because otherwise uh, like spiders come out and everything is ruined. But uh, he probably just doesn't do it. He just uh, skulks away. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think, I think that you're leaving and uh, they can see like this moment of hesitation in your face. And so she turns around and says, um, don't worry about it. I'll make sure to send a crew to uh, make sure that your mural stays nice and clean. He nods and he says, thanks. It's just mm-hmm. make sure it's... Alkaline base soaps, I know. Good luck. Thanks. All right, cool. Yeah, so that's Fashe leaving. And then Lovely, what does you in teenage runaway mode look like? Do you have anybody you say goodbye to? I think in in like the big overgrown office building that they've all converted into the housing there, I think she goes down a few stairs, goes through a few hallways, like goes around. There's like old blocked off areas. And once she's finagled around it a little bit, she finds another part of it and she knocks on the door. Grandpere? Grandpere? Are you there? Uh, coming. One minute. And you hear shuffling on the other side of the door uh, and then creaking as the door opens. Uh, what does your grandpa look like? He looks a lot like Lovely. He's more on the, um, he's more on the paler mix. Mm-hmm. Iron, iron gray and white hair, pale skin, but just liver spots everywhere. And a pretty like old faded farmer's tan from working out in the fields. Totally. Uh, do you usually like crash with him or uh is this just like family that you have in town we actually we live fairly close to each other he's like three floors down and then through a magical tangle of vines away from me so i visit him pretty often but he's pretty much my only family in the city got it and so uh he says um what do i have the pleasure uh grandpa i'm going with some some friends we are going into the into a very dark place. We're going to see if we can figure out why. Mm. You're not thinking of running off and joining Ark, are you? No. I should be back. And I should be back in one piece. Mm. I think you taught me pretty well, Grandpa. Mm. I hope so. Is there a reason? The city is... You you heard, though. It's being attacked so much, and the law are... They're having so much trouble keeping it safe. We need to figure out why they keep attacking before, well, eventually they might succeed. Mm. So, you're running off to play a hero. <laughs> Maybe I did teach you well. Uh, <laughs> he tousles your hair. Hmm. Well, I don't suppose if I told you how dangerous it was, it would change anything. I hope you know what you're doing. I hope so too, Grandpa. Good luck. 
stay safe. And he pats you on the shoulder. I lean in, kiss him on the cheek. Yeah. And then I give him a basket of fresh fruit. Oh, thank you. And you can't say no this time because it's a going away present. I will take very good care of it. There are some new kids that moved in down the hall. They'll be happy to have it as well. And so with that, everyone meets probably at the edge of the farm fields, prepared to head out into Blight territory. So y'all are crewed up. Do y'all have like a pep talk, a speech? Fashe, you want to be a bold leader in the situation? I think Fashe has been there for a while. And uh, in that time, he realized that going like forever and ever into uh, in through the woods is going to be a little bit, it's going to be hard. And uh, he cut himself a stick, a walking stick. So he's, he's really, he's really grumpy. And when everyone comes, uh, comes up, uh, he's like staring people down, daring them to say something. And I'm not sure if anyone comments on the stick. Violin. Does Violin say, say something completely inane? Hey, you got a stick. Yes, yes, she does. <laughs> and uh, he looks ev- uh, at everyone. And uh, there's probably some sort of musical cue that plays like, oh, there's going to be a speech. And then Fashe just sighs and says, let's go. It's it's going to be a long trip and just starts on the road. Will be the fright of the blight. We will hit them all and then give them hugs because we can't destroy them because that's evil. And that's how we lean things for the at least foreseeable future. <laughs> that's awesome. So just, just singing uh, songs on the road. Yeah, and so we, we get you marching off into the hills and the, the dense rainforests and singing these songs. You know, you're accompanied by like birds chirping and the sounds of, of insects and crickets and things moving through the underbrush. And then we cut to y'all are walking along the boardwalks in the oil fields. Uh, and you, hear, you see those big mechanical shapes standing on stilts looking like storks in silhouette perched on the horizon. And you're continuing to sing, but now it's very empty. Um, And there's just the sound of silence uh, in every direction as all of you walk. And you continue moving through uh, kind of this marshland and all of these oil fields. And then you find yourself uh, approaching the border of a place further than any of you well, aside from Fashe, have ever been. That marshland starts to turn into rolling hills. There's no like chunks of rainforest uh, the way that you're used to, but there is the occasional like cops of trees. But mostly it's dominated by like shorter kind of grasses or shorter shrubbery. Uh, yeah, and you continue. There's like a, a road that sort of cuts through this space. So you, t- you take kind of a road over a mountain, like a, a little hill or something like that. And you find yourself in the middle of a valley and you see uh, on the horizon, uh, as it's starting to get dark, 
these two huge cylindrical shapes, like unfathomably huge. Like they are, you would guess, oh fuck, I should do this in metric. 200 meters tall, probably. And like a pretty broad around. You hear like a very, very low hum uh, in the distance as you're approaching these things. What do y'all do? Do we remember things like that? When you were here, you probably took them completely for granted. I don't think you've ever thought about them in any great detail. It's not totally unfamiliar. They're f- weird and sci-fi. Not be easy to push over. It's true. Uh, as you get closer and closer, uh, you see that the bottom has a dome uh, that is ringed with uh, like LED lighting, and then a bunch of uh, like cables and supports uh, holding this massive structure aloft. It'd be pretty easy to take like an axe to this and just chop the entire spire down. I mean, if you were so determined. But as you get closer, you also notice there are butterflies and like insects of like all different colors uh, that are flapping around this structure up its entire length, actually. Uh, different butterflies and insects in in great billowing clouds of multiple colors yeah it's just uh like this beautiful and stunning sight like you don't think that you've ever seen so many insects uh in one place before Uh, and it's almost kind of has like a, a a dreamlike or like a magical quality to it i think as uh as you start to walk closer uh lovely like a cloud of uh, butterflies sort of swirls around you uh, and a couple of them like a light on your head. Uh, what, what's y'all's reaction to this? Lovely is just big eyes. Like her mouth is that little O and she's just looking up and down the huge column, like looking at all the different butterflies and insects and like the different little swarms of them. And when they all come and land on her, she like waits a few moments looking at them and then twirls around to look at everyone else. She's enamored by this. Ashe is glaring at the butterflies and trying to figure out if they are micro drones or not. <laughs> what are what are the plants like around here? Are there are there plants? Are there flowers? Yeah, yeah. Like there's the there's like some flowers, but I, I think because you're paying attention to this, like some of them are wilted. Oh. Uh, and then there's like a bunch of shrubbery uh, and a couple trees. It definitely doesn't have the density of like a rainforest, but it's it's clear that this place was allowed to become a, a little bit more overgrown. Yeah, and I think Solange is just like staring at some butterflies, like flittering about, and like just out into the air to them ask, "What are you eating, little friends? There's not enough here for you." Yeah. They, they kind of like flap and one of them like flaps towards you and lands on your nose uh, as if uh, in response. Then it's proboscis stabs through your flesh. Wait, no. <laughs> no, no, these are fucking butterflies. <laughs> Come on. Oh. So what do y'all do? Not quite sure like what we are supposed to do. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, it's just your teenagers exploring a place you've never been. So whatever you think you would do. I talked to the butterflies. That's what I did. Yeah, perfect. It's everything I could have ever dreamed dreamed of. Yeah, and so uh, it's getting pretty late. You know, you might need to like kind of set up. 
but I think you're probably probably behooves you to scope out this place just to make sure it's safe before you try to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we would probably prefer not to sleep next to giant ominous columns. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I sort of agree. But the butterflies. Also, there is exactly one species of predatory butterfly in the entire world. Thank you. Thank you for that knowledge. Now I will live forever in my nightmares. Where does it live? North America. Fair enough. Yeah, and so uh, as you're getting closer, like this this rumble uh, coming from these towers, um, you can almost feel it in your bones, basically. It somehow feels like incredibly pervasive, and it's like there's like a pressure in your ears uh, and against your skin. And it's it feels like being enveloped in something or like receiving a hug, depending on your mindset. Yeah, maybe buried under like an avalanche. Yeah, a hug buried under an avalanche with a dull drone. But, you know, like, whatever. Everyone has their own kind of hugs that they appreciate. Yeah. Don't badmouth my drone. And so you walk past, you walk towards the base of this tower. Fashe is going to stop for a moment and stare at it weirdly and mutter, what is it doing? And I would like to perceive something about this. Sure. Something with this hum, it's doing something, but I have no idea what. And trying to like figure it out. I almost figure it out. It's four. Yeah. I uh, your entire life the air has been very humid, right? Mm-hmm. Um but for some reason the air is very like almost like not parched of moisture, but but much, much more arid. And you notice also that there are currently no clouds in the sky over this part of Blight territory. You don't really know why they're why they would build something to do this, but this seems to be like pulling moisture out of the air. Yeah, I just muttering under my breath, like the pulling moisture out of the air for something. I mean, maybe need. Hmm. She's just muttering as well. Uh, yeah, and so when you get into sightline of the base of this enormous, uh, this enormous column, uh, you see uh, a little robot. Um, it has kind of boxy features. It's probably only like maybe three feet tall. Uh, in one hand, it has uh, like a little like trash bin, and it is moving uh, around the base, and uh, it is reaching down, very repetitive motion. Uh, making whirring servo sounds as it moves, picking up a dead butterfly, throwing it in the trash, picking up a dead butterfly, throwing it in the trash. And you realize that that a lot of the insects that have been attracted to this thing are just, they die after a while. Yeah, I was about to ask, is is it sucking the water out of the butterflies? The, the corpses do look uh, relatively dehydrated. We are not making camp here. I don't want it to drink me dry. No. Um, I try to to get the little robot's attention. Hello. Uh, yeah. The the I the robot like looks up at you. Uh, it has like a like a black faceplate, uh, and then two glowing eyes. Uh, and they like 
flare to life in in kind of like a very attentive expression, and it makes beeping sounds at you. Yeah, and I think Solange, like you all see Solange realize now, wait, I don't know how to talk to robots. I know how to talk to robots. I am a former hench person. I can interact with agents of darkness as if they were regular people. Awesome. I love it. So what does the robot say? <laughs> right, what does this look like, you interpreting robot beeping? Do you still have like some implant that's part of you, or are you just so used to the beeping at this point that you're like, you can respond with, to the beep boops with beep boops of your own? Maybe there's some like rudimentary linguistic like part of the implants that were like all over Fashay's body. There's some sort of like receiver transmission sort of thing that he does understand the speech and he can produce the beep whoops. But he he does this like with a weird vocalization. Yeah. Probably somewhere like on his shoulder, there's like suddenly this, it looks like a scar, but actually there's light under the scar. So there's like still something left there. Oh, I like it. Ooh, that's ominous. Yeah, robot robot business. And and the robot is just saying, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I ask it, what, what is it? Uh, what is its mission? I clean up. Mm. Your friends can't hear. My friends can't understand. Yeah, and Solange is just like next to you and like, like looking at you, like, are you gonna, are you gonna translate for me? Are you, are you gonna? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think Fashe is an asshole. So he, he first will have a conversation with the robot, and he says, he asks, oh, why is there trash? Wildlife gets in the towers, makes a mess. I clean it up. What do the towers do? They're for climate control. Well, I turn around to to my colleagues and say that it says the towers are for climate control and it's picking up trash. It's I don't know if it knows anything more. Um, can you ask it what it does with the trash? Is that garden? You could use it as mulch. I ask it, what do you do with the trash? I put it in the trash bin. And then something else deals with it. Okay, okay, okay. I want to... Do you translate it? Yeah. I want to... Yeah, I'm like... Oh, um... I don't know if you understand me, robot. But but look. And Solange, like, kneels down and, like, takes a little hole with their fingers and takes one of the, like, dead box that's lying on the ground and puts it in a little hole and pushes the dirt over it. And they make, like, a... Ta-da! Yeah, the, the, the robot kind of like looks at you and then and like looks at the hole and then looks at you and then gestures at like at the at the dead butterfly and then gestures at their bag and puts the butterfly in the bag. <laughs> like like they're trying to correct you, like you must be confused. <laughs> no, no, if you if you put them in the ground, beautiful things come out. I think uh the robot says, um but then wildlife will get in the machines. Uh, and, and the robot looks at you, Fasha, indignantly and says, your friend is confused. Yes, yes, that's, that's the thing. They're all very confused. 
I want to. I want to open. I want to leave you the possibility of of rolling to convince this robot to, to plant yeah. flowers instead of kill of of throwing away the butterflies. Is there like any flower nearby? Uh, yeah. I think like the thing that you're noticing is that it's very rare for flowers to actually be pollinated because all the insects are focused on this tower. Yeah. But yeah, there are flowers there. You you can find some with some effort. Yeah, so I like spend some time going around finding a flower, and then I go over to show the robot again. Like, okay, I got this, and I like I dig a little hole with my hand. I put like I've collected some dead bugs, and I put them in there, and then I take like I've I've digged up a flower with root and all, and I like plant it on top of the now grave of the dead insects, and I take out my like water skin, a bottle or whatever we have, and put a few drops there, and I say, see, it'll be pretty. Yeah, uh, and then the, the robot looks at you, Fashe, uh, and says, um, your friend is confused. My job is pick up trash, not plant flowers. Um, what do you think I'm rolling to implant the idea that maybe, maybe in the future, this robot wants to plant stuff? Totally do it. Uh, I don't know what what mechanical thing do you think you're doing? Is there an inception skill? <laughs> uh, probably express. Yeah, it feels like I'm expressing something cool and hoping that they'll like it. Alange is the Disney princess of dead bugs. Yes. Solange is a very practical Disney princess. Compost princess. And I'm gonna I'm gonna push myself. Because this is very important. Ooh, there we go. Okay. So on a five, some consequence still comes to pass, but maybe you managed to implant the idea. Is that the idea here? Yeah. And so uh, I think what we see is the tiny robot turns to Fashe uh, and, and shakes their head again and says, your friend is confused. And then says, you are interfering with my job. Uh, and then you see a sequence of beeps uh, that you recognize. And then you see uh, a much bigger figure start walking around the cir- like the outside uh, of one of these spires. This thing is maybe like a couple heads taller than all of you. And it's heading in your new general direction. <laughs> so you should probably leave. Oh, that's, yeah. that's our cue. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. See so y'all run off into the forest. And then we see uh, in the aftermath, uh, the big robot and the tiny robot having a conversation and making beeping sounds at each other that we don't understand. And then we see the tiny robot go back to picking up bugs, kind of like pause for a second, and then go into the forest, pick up like a big, broad leaf, uh, stick it down, and then start putting the insects on top of the leaf instead of in the trash bag. (laughs) I have no idea what we've done here. I know neither what this accomplishes nor what it might mean in the future. That's why it's so exciting. Cute things. <laughs> Look, 50-50, it either makes the whole forest like beautiful flower patch or it starts murdering things so it can bury more fertilizer. Yeah, I mean... Either's fine, honestly, in my book. Yeah. Yeah. So y- y'all retreat uh, a little bit away from these towers until the drone is less bone rattling, uh, and then you probably get some sleep. What's what's the the scene around this? Uh, presumably y'all are making like a campfire and stuff. 
making delicious food, hopefully. Or maybe you already brought really good trail mix. I don't know. Lovely did bring a large amount of food. Salty peanuts. I think Sunan is like going around and finding like fallen branches and stuff for the campfire. Fashe is uh, constructing the shelter with like the leaves. Yeah, Violine would scout around to find some water on her bike. Is lovely just like sitting under a tree <laughs> eating a donut. I think, yeah, I think Lovely has like a couple like boxes of food out that she's like mixing together and throwing into like little camp metal bowls or something like that. Uh, no, wooden bowls. Important distinction. All right. I hope we get a fire soon. A little bit of this needs to get cooked. Yeah. And Solange is coming back with um, full of branches. I really like that robot. I would like to have a longer conversation with them, but. I think you were right. I think it was time to leave. To have conversations with him, you should definitely go to to Ark, see if they put some implants in you. For Shay Snickers. Bitterly. Because he's a bitter guy. Embrace your inner bitter bitch. <laughs> yes. And I think, yeah, Solange, like, thinks for a moment and says, oh, Maybe when we're at Ark, we can get them to, to take out the last of the implants. Yeah, Fashe goes white like for a moment and then like shakes his head. And, uh, I'm, they're not touching me again. Oh, I like Fashe how he is. Yeah, I think Fashe rolls his eyes and then like grabs a ball, one of the balls and like shoves it in uh, Violin's hands. <laughs> he like stomps around grumpily creating like a wind uh, wind wall. Oh, what is this? Uh, what, what did you make? Extra fruity porridge. I like fruity and porridge and extra. This will be great. And she starts eating. Violin definitely likes extra. <laughs> yeah, she does. Wait, extra fruity and porridge? All three of those things describe Violin. Oh, God. Don't question the porridge part. Well, she is uh, soft and squishy. Hey, Feeling's got a biker's bod, okay? Very tough, you know, relatively speaking. She'll be soft and squishy and go on bikes. I mean, all of us have, like, fairly physically intensive jobs as our obligation. Yeah. Truth. Yeah, you can still be, be pretty squishy and have fairly intensive jobs. Anyway. Yeah. And so I think everyone heads to sleep. And I think, lovely, you have that dream again of standing on a beach next to Esther. Esther reaching up her hand towards the, the shining lights of this enormous planet hanging overhead. And I think the conversations all go exactly as they've gone every other time before. But then... You see her look at you all of a sudden, and she's surprised that you're there. And it's just like a flash. And then everything goes back to the way that you're familiar with it happening. Lovely lets it play out. She says lens, but yeah, she's like looking really strangely at Esther the whole time. Yeah, and so for a brief moment, you get a strange look back, and then it's like she forgets that you're there. Cool. Does anyone come awake in the night because Fashe definitely wakes up 
in the middle of the night. Oh. Is anyone also having a trouble sleeping? I think Violin has trouble sleeping. She's she's scared in this situation. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like uh uh an insect lands on you, uh, and suddenly you feel like you're about to get dragged away by the blight by giant robot tentacles, and then you re- realize that you're just in the middle of a lightly wooded area staring up at the sky. Ah, uh, mm, I thought something uh somebody still awake? Hello. I think Fache is like sitting uh, with his back to the tree at the edge of the camp and uh, he just like whisper growls at at Violin. Go back to sleep. Well, I just woke up. It doesn't work like that. Uh, Alejandro uh, yawns at you and puts a paw on you, trying to get you to be quiet. <laughs> Fine. And she, she closes her eyes again and turns over. Alejandro crawls up onto your chest, uses your stomach as a pillow. Oh, that's so sweet. Does Violin fall asleep? Fall back asleep? Yeah. In the morning, Fache, like has... Uh, dark circles under his eyes and this even grumpier than usual. I think when Lovely wakes up, he like gives her a look and says, so they told me Legba's cover is that Lovely like knows about the Loa, right? Not really. No. Legba's, Legba's cover is that like Lovely is just vaguely special with a special ability and she'll be useful to us. Okay. And and she'll listen to me because I can control her dreams. Okay, then uh, Fashe is like, so dream of anything interesting? Sometimes in my sleep, there's this this big planet above me, and I'm looking up at it, and it's got all these buildings and lights and such, and there's an old friend from my childhood who who went off and they joined. I like gesture vaguely in the direction of the pillars who joined Ark. I dream about her sometimes. We have an old conversation. I dreamed it again last night and she seemed like she, there was more light behind her eyes than usual. I think it means we're close. Yeah, don't, don't get your hopes up. If she went to join the blight, Small shrug. Okay. Is there any more uncomfortable conversations that we should have? Actually, um, one thing I, I'm really curious about, what are you telling Lovely uh, you all are doing here? If you are... We got to address the... So Lovely doesn't know that y'all are Loa, or Love, you think that Lovely doesn't know that you're Loa. So what are you telling Lovely that you're here doing? We are on a mission to find more information about Ark. All right, perfect. Yeah, that's <laughs> a fair point. This is a very much like, they think that we think that they think this, but we think that they think that, yeah. I fucking, I fucking love that about the Enigma playbook. It's just, it is, by virtue of its existence, a catastrophe of people lying to each other, and it's fucking awesome. It does make me feel kind of bad, because my purpose is literally to make the group dynamic more uncomfortable and complicated by intentionally deceiving people. I know, but it's all, it can also be goofy and fun, so. 
playing into the dramatic irony of the whole thing. Yeah, and I, I like dramatic irony and also just having a, a group dynamic that is not smooth also makes for great stories. Truth indeed. Okay, cool. Lovely, like, anytime during our trip is like asking into what we're doing. I think, I think a few times Lovely is like, so why did you all decide to do this? Yeah, and I think so. Every time Solange is like near you when you ask one of those questions, that you're just like, uh, Fashe? <laughs> <laughs> I need someone who can lie for me. And Fashe is usually like just shrugs and makes an even grumpier face because he's used to using anger for pretty much everything. So he is using anger for lying now. And he's like, didn't you see the attack? Do you just want to want us to sit there and wait until Loa save us? No. We need to do something. Well, I just thought because because the day before you guys came and got me, I had a dream where where Aloha told me to go with you. So I thought maybe you and them were like Awkward, the awkward teenager, like double finger twiddle, where you like put them together like you're making a connection. Classic anime gesture. Yeah, the awkward teenager finger twiddle is my new band name. <laughs> yeah, I think Fashe just shrugs at it and says, Everyone knows the Loa. Yeah, but not a lot of people talk about dreaming about them. Well, not dreaming about them the way I do. You're the special one, right? She, like, smiles a bit at that. I I guess. It's, they're just dreams. Can't do anything. Well, it's better than being awake and not being able to do anything. This, this does not seem to moralize lovely. <laughs> Look at this beautiful tree. <laughs> <laughs> And if you go up to this tree, and it is indeed a beautiful and hardy tree. Yeah, and I knock on it like, doop, doop. look, very strong tree. Then I keep walking. Yeah. I did it. I defused the situation. Yes. Well done. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. Just purely just a confused moment where, like, Lovely looks over at Fashe. Fashe looks over at Lovely. They look back at Solange and then look at each other again like, what? Just both shrug and just continue. (laughs) Very much so. Solange diffuses the the situation, but not in the way they thought. Yeah, it's it's a delightful tree as well, because it is the last tree that you see on the horizon. Uh, You turn and you see it's the classic amber waves of grain. There are just the entire rolling hillside is covered in orange. Or, or kind of like a golden color. And as you start to walk down towards it, you see that this is like a, like a wheat-like crop. And uh, I think Lovely, you're like a... Well, actually, Lovely and Solange, you're both like, you know, naturalists. You, you both spend a lot of time around plants, basically. These are definitely not native to this place. You've never seen these plants before. But there are a lot of them, like a lot, a lot of them. Like it is impossible how many of them there are. I think we know 
well enough to know that this is like not how farming properly works, right? Just having a huge monocrop is something that everyone tells us not to do, or at least like in our solar punk utopia, we don't do that because it's uh, bad for the soil. <laughs> so it's like, who did this horribly inefficient and irresponsible thing? Yeah. And also, like, it seems to be growing places where, like, you wouldn't plant it. It's just everywhere. Like, almost like it's trying to fill every nook and cranny of its own volition. Yeah, I think I study, like, as we keep walking, like, study, pick up, like, a bit of the grain and study it for a bit and then say, well, we're going to encounter farmers soon. Probably farmer robots, farmer bots. Yeah. Yeah. And so you start to to move through this area. And at the center of uh, this landscape, uh, there's a, an enormous river that cuts through the landscape. It has like a perfectly consistent width and then like pumps and machinery at regular intervals uh, along the, uh, the this long kind of aqueduct, essentially. Uh, and the water is kind of uh, like a murky, silty brown. And uh, you again hear like the hum of machinery. And you see uh, like big boxy silos on the horizon. Not quite as tall as the uh, the towers that you saw before, the humming spires, um, but huge silos. And, and big boxy shapes like perched on a, on a distant hill, sort of dominating the landscape. Well, I guess that's where we're going. Yeah. And so uh, you spend some time walking. Uh, eventually, you come to a bridge that like crosses over the aqueduct. And the bridge seems big enough for uh, like a large vehicle to drive over. You see, actually, like one of these big boxy shapes is actually like a garage. And there's like this enormous harvesting machine that is parked in the garage and is currently being serviced by uh, like half a dozen tiny robot mechanics. Uh, and you also see a person who is sort of supervising uh, these robots and looking over this enormous device. Mm. Uh-huh. I think that they're wearing like a, like a jumpsuit uh, that is like down at the waist. Uh, they're wearing a tank top. They have, the tank top has like an insignia on the back that is the insignia for ARC. I think that their hair is back in like a, a tight set of braids. They have like a, a tablet in front of them. Oh, and then the other thing that you notice that kind of calls them out as being a member of ARC is that they have cybernetics along their spine. And then you can see uh, like this like red portal on the back of their neck, like this disc that emits like a pale red light. And Violin says, oh, oh, wow, what's, what's that? Do you have that, Pache? Do you see that? No, but you, I mean, you got, maybe you're hiding it. I've never seen you without a shirt. Come on. You will never see me without a shirt either. Oh, we could go to the beach. Like, you don't have to be so cranky. Uh, what are they doing? Because in my brain, we can't just walk up to them and, uh, you know ask for directions. Yeah. I mean, you know enough of the etiquette to the situation where the first question would be that you don't look like you're from ARC. Also, I didn't know anyone was going to be joining me. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, you could. that doesn't mean you couldn't have a conversation, just that 
if you didn't want company afterwards, you might need to make a beat a hasty retreat. Okay, so what are they doing? They, they're looking over this enormous, uh, like, combine harvester, basically, and inspecting it for, like, uh, mechanical failures. They're, they're an agricultural engineer, basically. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure we should... Lovely's going to walk over and say hi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that checks out, yeah. Thank you for listening to Good Enough Games. If you liked us, tell your friends about us. Our GM is Nell Wilson. Our producer is Marina Conrad. Our music is by Ketza. Our game system is Girl by Moonlight by Andrew Gillis, forged in the dark with the help of John Harper. We will be back next week with more Magical Girls. Meanwhile, you can find us on Twitter at GoodEnoughRPG, all one word, or email us at GoodEnoughRPG at gmail.com. And look, everything is going to be all right. I mean, honestly, I, I would probably take like healthcare or housing or education before I would take a pony, but you know, like a pony's on the list somewhere.